You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. What's going on, Cranky Fan? Well, not too much, Grump. I'm in Tampa, Florida, where it is not a blizzard, but we have a blizzard of news to talk about. How was that? That was nice. That was, you. you know, for noon on a Saturday, I'm pretty impressed. Um, I'm a curse is what I've learned today. That's the biggest news I've learned. I am a curse. I got invited to go to the Senior Bowl, and I have now, for the third time in a row, had a flight canceled on me. Uh, so that's that's a thing that's happening right now that I'm dealing I, with. I, I thought I was the resident mush on this show. Nah, that's me now. I, I get it now. That's why ever since this show started, the Giants have sucked. Um, <laughs> and it, it was kind of my idea all along to do this. So, nice um, but but really, the the real big news for the Giants, and uh, less so for me. Uh, but for everybody else, is the Giants have named their head coach, kind of. Uh, I guess it's not official, but it's been leaked uh, that... Well, um, I mean, they're, they're agreeing to terms. I don't believe that there's been a signed contract, right? Like, it has not been officially announced by the New York Giants? You know, it, it was on their Twitter account this morning, but I don't think okay. the contract has been signed. So once once you see it on Giants... There's an Twitter, agreement right? in place. You know, there's a, there's a handshake deal. And it's Brian Dable from... The Buffalo Bills, and quite frankly, who we expected all along, the Giants have brought in the Baldy from Buffalo. I love it. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the Giants have done, but either by design or not their fault, they've really been signaling every move in this offseason of what we kind of expected to happen has actually happened. GM hiring, head coach hiring. So, listen, you know, from a uh, my personal standpoint, he checks all the boxes of what I was looking for. We, we did a whole show last week talking about my six-point plan of rebuilding the Giants, and I wanted a head coach who was young, offensive-minded, forward-thinking, the modern NFL, um, part of an organization that's been successful already, and he checks all those boxes for me. So um, I know there's a little trepidation by a lot of people that it's the third head coach we've hired that has no experience being a head coach, but I think coming from an organization that's been successful, I'm willing to take that that chance again. I think we're going to talk about the names of the people, the the rumors we've heard about guys he may bring in, and it's you know that's the support system that he'll need. I, I and I think it's uh, it's another example of the Giants moving forward and away from just the same old same old way of doing things and going to the 21st century. So I, I'm happy with it. So I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about. Um... What you said there, and this is all part of your six-point plan. So who is Brian Dayball? I'm not going to go too in-depth here, but just real briefly, um, you know, an offensive guy uh, through and through, uh, dating back to 1997, and he he was an offensive – his big jump was an offensive coordinator under Eric Mangini uh, and the Browns from 2009 to 2010, and then he just kind of bounced around, 2011 with Miami, 2012 with Kansas City, then 13 through 16, he was a tight ends coach with the Pats. Then a brief stint as the OC for Alabama. Again, now this is 2017. Again, I think I think I explained this uh, that he just there's probably a good chance that Brandon Bean would have brought him in, but again agreed to this job in Alabama in February, 
and Brandon Bean, Joe Shane, they were brought into Buffalo in May after the draft in 2017. So he was only in, in Alabama for that one year. And then from 2018 until now, he's with the Bills. So um, I guess the one thing that you can look at with him and his, his successes and failures, you know, the one year in, a, in Miami, one year with Kansas City, he's working with terrible quarterbacks in, in two years in, in Cleveland as offensive coordinator, working with ter- terrible quarterbacks, but also in situations where he was not given a leash to succeed. Um, so I understand that you can say that he was working with shitty quarterbacks and he just kind of maybe got lucky with Josh Allen and that's why he stuck around there and that's why he was a success there but a failure otherwise. Um, I think also is just he was simply brought in in a situation to succeed in Buffalo. I mean they brought him in with at least Josh Allen was not a superstar prospect when he came out the draft. He had superstar potential but was very, very raw and uh, probably the most wrong I've been about a single prospect since I started doing this, I mean, albeit as an amateur, is I really thought Josh Allen would be nothing. He was so inaccurate. He, he really looked too raw and quite frankly, some of that wasn't me trying to um, limit what Josh Allen is capable of, but simply the way the NFL works and the leash that quarterbacks have and the time that they have to develop before NFL franchises give up on them, I didn't think he would he would be able to sort that out in time. And I think that the situation in Buffalo where they truly burned everything down and they gave it some time to make it work, made it work. So when we bring in Brian Dable and Joe Shane, and it looks like John Mara has taken his hands off of his pet a little bit, I can feel good about this hire. Yeah. That I mean, said, I, I mean, well, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. No, no I was going to say, you know, all we've heard from everybody for the second half of the season was we want the general manager and the head coach to be on the same uh, rotation. The same cycle, know. wavelength. It's, exactly. We don't want to have a GM come in and be inheriting a coach he may or may not want or, you know, all these different things. So not only do we have head coach and general manager on the same cycle, we have them coming who have worked together in a successful organization before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we talk about, well, Josh Allen, his success and failure, how much are we going to give credit to the, to the offensive coordinator? These are two guys that are instrumental in the entire operation. Now, granted, they may not work this side by side as general manager and head coach. It was assistant GM and offensive coordinator, but they are all part of the inner circle. They all work together. And, you know, for, um, get a new general manager and his first decision is to bring in someone that he worked with before that means there's obviously some cohesiveness between the two and that's good because we this is a very very critical part in this team's you know history where we are going to burn this thing down and we're going to have to start building it up and we need everybody aligned not just hoping he does because we're hiring people from all over the league to come together and we're hoping for the best that they're all on the same page these guys have already proven that they're on the same page. They've worked together and they've been successful. So, you know, yeah, it's it's. We can talk about Josh Allen specifically and how much better he's been under um, with the quarterback coach and this and that or whatever. But it's all about higher big picture. These guys work together and are part of a bigger plan that worked. So my the chance for success is higher than maybe other situations that might have happened. Yeah. These guys speak the same language, and I want to speak to something else you said about, uh, I guess kind of something we alluded to at the beginning, was that um, this was kind of all part of what we all assumed all along. Uh, So I think what's interesting here is I, I believe that Joe Shane and management had 
people talking to people, right? Absolutely. Early on in this process, you know, the middle of the season, probably October, something like that. Remember, Joe Shane had interviewed for the Carolina Panthers GM spot last year. So he was already a hot name on the market. It's not like the Giants were doing some crazy due diligence and and shovel digging to find his name. His name was around in circles already. So I believe that these talks have been going for a long time now. And so this, this groundwork that we're seeing laid out, we're seeing them go through the motions. And I don't want to say that in a way that sounds like it's a farce because what I think it actually is is they've been planning and they have this sketched out plan. And it was... This is how we're seeing it, but we can't do any of this yet. So let's outline it, and then we'll work it out. So th- this was actually – I was listening to uh, the Entertainer show, um, and there's something that he brought up. If you noticed, Brian Dable was the only offensive-minded guy that was really brought in. Every other candidate was a defensive guy or a previous head coach or, or something like that. Um, so what that tells me and what, what he I, – I agree with him. This was his idea. Uh, was that they had this plan in place that they wanted an offensive guy because they need to fix this offense and the modern NFL has offensive guys. You know, we, we tried the defensive thing. We tried the CEO head coach thing. We need to fix the offense straight up. You get a defensive-minded head coach, fine, and you got a good head coach. But as soon as you get an offensive coordinator, he's going to be looking for head coaching jobs elsewhere. You get yourself an offensive head coach, and he's the head coach. It's his offense. It's his team. He won't go anywhere. So long as you want to keep him. So I think they had this in place and they bring in these other defensive guys as the devil's argument, the, the devil's advocate. Who can prove who can who can outshine him? Who can show us that our plan has flaws? And nobody could. And I, I believe Jordan Renan was saying that Brian Flores gave him a run for his money. He was a legitimate candidate and that he acquitted himself well in his second interview. Um that's good for everybody. That's good for us for really considering alternatives. It's good for, for Flores to show well for this. I mean, we, the, the first reaction everybody had when he got fired was, what? Why? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to be, you know, he'll probably, he'll probably get a better job with a better situation with a better quarterback. You know, his next job will probably be more successful. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you want to be challenged. You don't want to rubber stamp things. And if they had a kind of a plan all along, I'm glad at least it got uh, – you know, it got tested before they, they, they started implementing it. And I think I think this testing was done by the Maras as well, uh, Maras and Tishes. I think the same thing was done for Joe Shane. Again, I believe that they had, had all this etched out, but they brought in all these very, very – first of all, the Maras brought in very qualified GM candidates. This head coaching search was pretty good, I guess, but – I'm okay with it so far. Now, as far as who Brian Dayball is as an offensive coordinator, um, the most important thing to really know about him, A, is that he's the head coach, not the offensive coordinator. So until an offensive coordinator is named and I know who it is, I'm not going to dissect too much of too much of what to expect with Brian Dayball. But it would be very silly of us to think that he won't be very heavily involved in the offense, right? Especially since it's such a train wreck right now with just from a roster standpoint it's just a mess so the most important thing to know about him is that he is so good at designing an offense around what he needs to design it around so he will move it around the situation that situation could be a game situation you know a week-to-week situation based on your opponent it could be a roster situation based on injury based on the state of the team 
based on, you know, free agency, based on whatever. It could be a skill set situation. You know, Josh Allen has a very specific skill set. He didn't just happen to fit into Dable's offense. Dable designed an offense that would work for Josh Allen, that would utilize his strengths and minimize his weaknesses. Um, And it could also mean an in-game situation, a mid-game situation. He can change things up. I mean, I read reports from players like uh, there, there's a report I, I think it's on Buffalo Bills like website or whatever where Cole Beasley said that he just showed him a play from what he used to run at SMU and the next day at practice they ran that play because he always wants to be trying new plays he watches film from high school he watches film from college and he watches NFL film and he's always 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 trying to add stuff to the offense now again I, I want to back that up he's now the head coach I don't know that he's going to have so much time to be dicking around with plays and watching high school film for for play ideas anymore, especially given the state of this team. So I want to temper expectations for for what this offense is going to be in year one. Well, he's setting a tone more than he's setting, you know, he's not going to be the tactical guy going in there and drawing up plays in the dirt anymore. But, you know, when he's having his, however they do it, daily meetings, hourly meetings with his OC, they're going to be discussing different things. And, you know, I, I, to me, again, this is an offensive league. It has been for a couple of years now. It is evolving very quickly. The way the rules have changed, the way quarterbacks are so multifaceted, the way they can kill you with your, their arms, their legs, their brains. I don't want to be a reactive team anymore. You know, to me, defense is reactive. And, you know, with very, very rare exceptions like the, the Ravens in 2000, the 85 Bears, offense wins and being innovative and being creative and being flexible. And hey, if, also, if also, I'm sorry. The top. Yeah. Anec- anecdotal evidence of defenses winning in today's like you just have to run the numbers. You can yeah. if you can find five, I can find 15 offenses exactly. that, that are, exactly. you know what I mean I'm not saying nobody ever says having a strong defense is impossible to win with it's just harder you need to have a good defense to win but you're not going to consistently win and be elite by your defense leading the way I mean there are mm-hmm. the days of the teams that won 15-9 they're over that's a, that's a bygone era I mean you need a defense you don't want a defense to be a sieve by any stress, but you having to having to rely on a defense and say, I just need a game managing quarterback, run the ball, kill clock, and let my defense go out there and get three and outs every play and be dominating and relying on turnovers and relying on field position. That's not the way the game is played anymore. So what does this mean for Daniel Jones? So this is going to be kind of interesting because we agree, right? Daniel Jones is on a one year evaluation. They're not picking up his fifth year option, correct? Okay. They'd be foolish. I I do believe that Brian Dable is going to try his best, and Joe Shane is going to try his best to put Daniel Jones in a situation where he can succeed. I believe that. I believe that they know that the wide receiver group, even without Sterling Shepard, you know, that's assuming, uh, and without Evan Ingram, who's basically a wide receiver, and probably without Kyle Rudolph, which is again assuming, um, even without those skill set pieces, the the thing that is going to get Daniel Jones to be the best he can be is going to be fixing an offensive line that right now may not win a college game. Um, so my, my question is, 
even though they're going to do that, they're going to do what's best for this organization in the long term. And that might be to Daniel Jones's detriment. And that's going to be a tough decision to make. But their jobs are to fix this team, not to fix Daniel Jones, period. So my thought process here is Daniel Jones and – I think we saw a little bit of it last year. We saw it in the Saints game. I think we even saw it in the Washington football game where I saw Daniel Jones improve as a man, as a quarterback, and as a leader. When Nick Gates went down in that Washington football game, he had to then give out all of the offensive line calls on the fly in that game. I mean, in the middle of that game, at the very beginning of that game, Nick Gates broke his leg in half. There was no hope of him returning to this game. He knew what needed to be done, and... I mean, Billy Price had been here for 30 seconds at that point. Matt Skura had been here for 30 seconds. Ben Bredesen had been here for 30 seconds. And he was out there calling all those line plays. Now, it wasn't super pretty, but on the fly, Daniel Jones did what I thought really was impossible in that game. When I saw what happened to Nick Gates at that point, knowing Lemieux was out, I thought that game was just going to be over. We were screwed. God damn it. Whatever. And then again, in in the New Orleans game, he he put the whole team on his back. He really, really, you know, we saw them come together and and win that game in overtime. That was outstanding. That was excellent. He's going to have to shine like that all year next year because they're not going to be able to just fix the offense for him. And to sign him to a second contract means that he's going to have to show that he really can compete deep into the playoffs. I'm not saying the word Super Bowl. But he has to show that he can compete deep in the playoffs because th- th- their job is to fix the team, not fix him. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's in the Giants' best interest that Daniel Jones succeeds. I mean, you sure. don't want to you don't want to waste a high draft pick on a quarterback. There are so many needs on this team. You know, offensive line, linebacker, edge rusher, all the things we've, we've discussed over and over again. You already have a guy in house, and you have a guy right now that's relatively cheap and. You know, you don't want to have to spend, you know, super money in free agency. You don't want to have to gut your roster in a trade to get a potential franchise quarterback. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I don't don't want to cut you off, but it's too relevant to the point. Is it actually worse for the Giants if Daniel Jones shows out this year? Because then it feels like you have to now sign him to a contract or you're at least put in a bind where you have to consider it. But it's based off of kind of one year's worth of work and it's not going to be a cheap re-signing. Well, if that's if that's the way you feel, you cut him right now and you just start from scratch. I think if I guess if that's it, a good point. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, it, if it if it works out, you already have a year with this head coach, this that's offensive a good point. coordinator, this uh, quarterback coach, the weapons around him. Uh, no, I I think you absolutely are hoping for the best with him because again, the replacement cost is either going to be an extremely high draft pick gutting your roster on a trade, spending a ton in free agency, and you have a guy and if you have to re-sign him. Fine, you resign him. Even if you have to franchise him for a year, if you're yeah. you showed a lot of progress and you're not convinced yet, you franchise him and you work out a deal to sign up to a longer term deal. But uh, no, 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 you absolutely want him to succeed because otherwise you've wasted a year in a turnaround. Yeah, I, I, I think it's more so that succeeding only in one year in the contract year is just such a sketchy situation to be in. But I, I agree with well, you, yes. We, what we're doing, remember we said that the, the purpose for this year, we wanted to prove that he has the potential to be something greater. This is the year. It's put up or shut up for Daniel Jones. But mm-hmm. if we see things, we see more consistency, we see 16 games of health or 15 games of health, we see the leadership skills that you talked about, we see uh, 
smarter running, not just running the ball successfully, but being smarter about how he runs. He slides better. He doesn't try to, you know, kill himself to gain one yard in maybe a meaningless situation. That's what we want. And let's move forward with that. If we don't see those things, then you cut bait. And then, then, you, then you have to start over. But uh, I wouldn't waste this year of evaluation hoping, you know, that those are good problems I want to have is worrying about how am I going to pay my quarterback if he looks good. Do you think that the hiring of Brian Dable does anything for Saquon Barkley? Good or bad? Uh, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I I'm sticking I, with my original point from from our last episode, yeah. uh, in that um, his trade value increases when they when they bolster the the offensive line, oh, yeah. and that's he the best to, thing. He has to show that he could stay healthy. He has to show under you know with a competent offensive line what he can still do we, I'm still very we had this debate about a month ago where I said is he still elite yes and, we and you were like absolutely I'm like well, no I, I said we said exciting those were exciting. different very very different words okay exciting and early okay either one I can't answer that for either of them just yet because it's hard again, right yeah he's still I mean this year really was he got on the field earlier than we thought, which is great. So it accelerated his recovery. And then he got hurt again. They got hurt again. So that kind of pushed it back. So, And then the whole offensive line fell apart. Exactly. So by the time he was so, healthy, everyone else was hurt. I mean, right now, if they just want to get rid of him just to get rid of him, I think you're, you're selling low. And I think some team will certainly take a flyer on it. And maybe for, if not pennies on the dollar, for 50 cents on the dollar. And he might become a guy who has a second life like a, a Leonard Fournette did with the Bucks. Uh, but you're right. The only way to really get the maximum return, if they decide to part ways with him, is put him in the best position possible, just like Daniel Jones. And again, all roads lead back to the offensive line. Um, do you think he's toast anyway with this team? Barkley? Yes. Like, do, do, do you think this is just his final year no matter what he does? Because I, I think even if he's a badass, I think that he just plays himself right out of our affordability. If he's a badass, if he all of a sudden has 1,700 yards and is electric and everything, I think there's so many other needs on this team that we're not going to make that same mistake and say, well, we got our skill players first and we'll have to worry about offensive line second. I, I, I think he probably will be gone. I think he had a greater chance to return if by some act of God, Gettleman was back again. <laughs> but I think or if now, Judge was back again. Maybe. It, it, yeah, right. But now that we have completely uh, independent eyes looking at the roster and looking at the salary cap and looking at the timeline, which I mentioned in my six-point plan, mm-hmm. you know, if they, if they decide that, that that timeline is further out than maybe the fans want it to be, I would highly doubt he'd be back. All right. Real quickly, we're going to go through uh, a, the support here. So we, we talked about Daniel Jones a whole bunch. I, I briefly uh, – sidetracked for Barkley there but um Josh Allen's development is a huge part of what people talk about with Brian Dable I mean it's a huge part of the Buffalo Bills it's everything right um that said um Ken Dorsey was the quarterback's coach for the Bills from 2019 that's about the time we saw Josh Allen start to turn a corner uh it is being rumored right now and I want to emphasize being rumored that Brian Dable would like to bring Ken Dorsey as his offensive coordinator. Now, that gets a lot of people very excited. Um, I want to walk that back just a little bit because, I don't know, he's not really been 
a quarterbacks coach for that long. I mean, he was a quarterbacks coach going back to 2013 uh, with the Carolina Panthers. So he worked with Cam Newton during that 2015 year where he was Superman and league MVP. Um, and obviously he worked with Josh Allen, but this would be a step up for him. So I guess this is a ch- – if, if Ken Dorsey comes, do we assume that he is just basically running Brian Dable's offense and this is a training experiment? Uh, it could be. Um, you know, again, I think so much of the linkage will be for being a quarterback coach and what will we do for Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones has to develop – as much on his own as you know being coach i mean he's not a rookie this is going to be his fourth year in the league so his development is going to rely much upon himself as it's going to be being coached up for it um as for dorsey being offensive coordinator and then i know shefty tweeted about it yesterday so i think it's more than a rumor i think it's you know by the time he i think I'm Schefter has a very nuanced way of how he tweets things, and I, I did not realize that Schefter tweeted. I saw that Jordan Schultz tweeted it. I didn't see Schefter had. Schefter tweeted, I believe, 16 hours ago, and we're recording this on a you know Saturday at, at 12:30. Oh, this episode's um, going right up, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. But th- I believe this was a tweet from from last night. So, you know, Schefter doesn't just throw things out a just because he heard something. B, he probably has the information, and also I think is a partnership with. The teams of when they want this information released as well. So you're right. Uh, so so here's here's the direct quote. Sorry, this is this is actually kind of important because I didn't realize this, but this is this is the Adam Schefter tweet. A beneficiary a beneficiary of Brian Dable's departure, Buffalo's passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach Ken Dorsey is likely to become an offensive coordinator either with the Bills or Giants per sources. So there's a chance that he gets a ton of money to stay in Buffalo as well. Passing game coordinator means a lot. I think it really uh, does. I mean, that's to me, a passing game coordinator is an OC in training. I mean, think of, again, the guy I always have the little hearts go over my head is always Joe Brady. Mm-hmm. And Joe Brady at LSU was not the offensive coordinator. He was the no. passing game coordinator. He then parlayed the success with, again, having Joe Brady and, uh, you know, that NFL cast at LSU into an offensive coordinator job at Carolina. So... Passing I'd still interview him, by the way. Oh, Joe Brady? Yeah. Uh, hey, if I was um, if I was the mayor's, I would say name your price. I, think I mean, I would, I would. It sounds like he's he's selling low right now. I'd even buy him as a passing game coordinator. What the sure. hell ever? What you know? Well, I guess that that becomes the question of you know, do we want to continue this theme they're developing of bringing in a a team that's been together, you know, a team of. No, I mean, I, I said I'd interview him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I, I'd absolutely interview him. But I guess that's kind of one of the questions that, uh, you know, this team wants to do. They want to like, keep bringing in this team of guys that work together and try to, you know, be a little more cohesive in it. Or they want to think outside the box with, with someone like him. But it, 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 going back to Dorsey, that he has both titles makes me feel better about him it becoming does. its own offensive coordinator and just somebody who works on a quarterback's mechanics and footwork and things like that he's very very involved with the offensive coordinator and the play calling and the game planning and all that so the giants have deeper pockets giants owners than buffalo's i don't know anything really about buffalo's owners um i know the i think he is a super rich guy i mean i mean every single nfl owner is a billionaire that is that is a fact but i think it's like he's a billion billionaire i think he's one of the more actually richer okay 
yeah. Um, Why do they have such a shitty stadium? Oh, I guess they have to deal with well, it. Yeah. Well, because they want cities and counties to pay for stadiums. I get it. Nobody pays for their own stadium unless you're, you know, even the Jets and the Giants, they they only paid for half of the stadium because the other team paid for the other half. Unless yeah, you're, uh, you know uh, what though? Building shit in New York and New Jersey is not the same as building it anywhere near Buffalo. Yeah, I mean that's part of economic development for that region of stadium mm-hmm. up there, as opposed to here, where it's just you know rich guys paying for things. Um, I don't know where we're going with this. So uh, my point <laughs> was, if if it become a bidding war between uh, McDermott and um, Dable, uh, who would win that over Ken Dorsey? That, that was where I was going with that because, I mean, there's two factors there. There's the deeper pockets and then there's how much are they willing to spend. You know, we've seen in the past that Mara is willing to spend deep when he is sold on an idea. I mean, we assume that Patrick Graham is making a ton of money right now. I think it depends on what he thinks will help his career path as much as the money would. I mean, does uh, the, the Giants – Are you talking about Dorsey? Yes. Oh, so he would, he, would, he would take – less money to advance himself well i mean i guess we, you know i guess if everyone's offering you a ton of money who gives a much, shit right how much money are we really talking about I yeah mean, he's not going to get five million dollars a year to be uh, a coordinator anywhere i mean we're i talking, have no idea maybe <laughs> yeah eh, i don't know i i think the, the 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 safer bet for him for his career path is to stay with josh allen and, and stay with a team that's up that, i agree uh, a fringy playoff team is against a total unknown where they may have to completely start over at the quarterback position on a very bad team with a very bad offensive uh, But, but then he'd get his own pick of quarterback if they have to start over. I mean, at least at least his opinion would be valued. You know that. If Brian De- if the head coach is pulling you in, then you know that your opinion is going to be valued on the next quarterback. So th- there's that too. Yeah, but if he's if he's resume building. I, I mean, but it it can be alluring, you know. Could be. I mean, it depends on what you. If he's trying to eventually become a GM, maybe it's a little more appealing because it's like you know I was involved in the decision to draft quarterback X, and he came. Here. If it's becoming a head coach, it's like, look at my success. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it all depends on what he's kind of wants to do with himself. All right. And the only other thing really to talk about here is defensive coordinator. Um, I guess there's still a chance that Patrick Graham can stay back here. Uh, he has some connection with Dable. He was on the Patriots staff from 2013 to 2016. So at the same time that Patrick Graham was there, they know each other. Uh, he's already under contract. He's making money, uh, a lot of money, I assume. And uh, he kind of helped design that defense. It was a very good defense. Uh, despite completely lacking a pass rush. I mean, it really is the glaring weakness on that defense. And they still were very effective with no offense helping them out whatsoever and with no pass rush. Uh, I think he has a chance to stay if the Giants want to keep them. He is interviewing around. He has an interview for head coaching position somewhere, but also for defensive coordinator with, like, Pittsburgh and stuff. Yeah, regarding this on a Saturday, he has an interview today with the Vikings to be the head coach. So, I mean, if it's a question of head coach versus coordinator there he's gone um if that doesn't go well and you know he also he interviewed last year right and didn't get anything so no he he declined the interviews that's when he accepted the big pay that's what that's when we assume that he uh got a big paycheck because he accepted the interview and then a day later declined them so all right so you know something um that's lateral positions no no for head coach i'm sorry for, for head coach i don't know i don't know he's a year further along in his career now 
and again there's upheaval in the, in the giants organization it's not the same total guys that it's total in. upheaval and by the way they've removed everyone from the giants website other than dable and shane for staff do you think the minnesota job is very appealing I mean, I, I mean, any head coaching job from going from a coordinator, but I, it's not like he had interviews with seven different jobs and he really can take whatever job he wants. This is the first, I believe, the only interview he's had. Do you, do you find that as like a first interview? Like, a, a I don't know. I, I mean, I don't really – it's tough because um, – I'm going to give a quick answer on this because I, I kind of don't care. Uh, only because I don't really – no, I mean I, I don't I, – so here's where I'm going with this. I don't watch the Vikings so intently that I can tell because from my distant view is they might be on the precipice of fooling themselves into thinking that they're not far from competing. And they, I mean they might be right on the edge of a total rebuild. I mean who the hell is Kirk Cousins? Uh, you've got you've got all star power that's getting very old in in Harrison Smith and things like that. I mean they've already shipped off Kyle Rudolph who was a staple tight end there for a long time. I mean I know that there are definitely pieces there and Kirk Cousins maybe you know has his moments or, or whatever. You're I think I, I yeah. think they're right on the precipice of falling totally apart and I think it depends on how they. If, it, if it's me, if I'm Patrick Graham, I go to that interview and I get a sense for what the owners think they're at because. At least from my point of view right here, they don't have a fucking quarterback. They've just hired a uh, fired a very good head coach. I I think just for mediocre results in a tough division. Um a tough, a tough division that could be dramatically changed by next year. I mean, yeah. it, it really all depends on what Aaron Rodgers wants to do. If Aaron Rodgers decides he wants to go to Denver or Pittsburgh oh, or I don't I don't have energy for a fucking Aaron Rodgers offseason, man. Do you? I I am having flashbacks and PTSD for the Brett Favre. Brett Favre and and I don't want to hear it. You know, listen. My advice for Tom Brady: announce sooner the better. You're retiring or you're staying. I don't want to hear that soap opera. I don't want to hear the Aaron Rodgers soap opera. I don't want to hear any of these soap operas. Just let me know and let's move on with our lives because it's going to be, you know, I don't watch ESPN to begin with for the garbage they have and it could be unbearable. So no, we don't watch ESPN here. We watch Just Giants and we watch talking giants so be sure to subscribe to both of those shows on youtube spotify itunes wherever you do stuff follow them on uh, on on well you can follow them on instagram but follow us on twitter at football underscore grump at the cranky fan at just giants pod at bobby skinner underscore whatever their names are you guys know them (laughs) we are going to be at the senior bowl this week my flight was canceled but that just means i'm arriving a day late and i will not be missing a single moment of practice so that is all still on so be sure to follow us there because i'm going to tweet as much stuff as i possibly can it really might be more work than vacation for me um so be sure to do that this was just a quick reaction thing it's even kind of late because i was just kind of stuck doing work ahead of work last night um so that's kind of it. i got nothing else you got anything else before we go uh nothing just have a good time down there and i'm sure we'll be uh we'll be touching base you know throughout the week when we get back we'll have tons of video tons of content i'm sure we'll probably try to get you know bobby and justin on maybe we could do like a uh a round robin show together and talk about what happened what we see and uh i'll just have fun down there and enjoy uh enjoy some waffle house and enjoy some crystal and, and Watch out for those guys with three teeth down there. (laughs) All of them? Um, (laughs) All right, guys. We will catch you next time. Go Giants. Go Giants.